It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast episode. It's an absolute pleasure to have you all listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker, and all-round e-commerce problem solver, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. Now, you can join the chat about this episode and all things e-commerce uh, in our e-commerce Master Plan World Facebook group, which you'll find either go and search for it on Facebook or just head via ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. Last time on the show, we caught up with Susie Moore of So Susie Stamps and looked into how she's used an influencer network of card designers to grow her business. Stacks of tips in that one from a very different marketplace. Well, let me introduce you to today's special guest. Steve Honite is UK brand manager for Newton Running. Newton Running is an American business who design, wholesale and retail their own running shoes. The newtonrunning.co.uk business launched in 2009 and has been managed by Steve and his team for the past two years. They look after both the wholesale and website sales in the UK. And Steve's business turns over $1 million per year, including over 2,000 direct to consumer e-commerce orders. Hi Steve. Hi Chloe. Um, I've just given our listeners a really quick overview of you and your business which to be honest probably has them wondering more questions and more gaps than it answers. So how did you get started off in e-commerce? Slightly long story but I'll try and keep it short for you. So background in engineering and finance um, but I was really passionate about triathlon and running so back in 2009, decided to try and get into the sports distribution space. I went to work for a company um, which at the time managed the distribution of Newton Running in the UK um, and was selling Newton Running shoes through the newtonrunning.co.uk platform. Uh, worked for those guys for about three and a half, four years before moving on to work with a another online retailer called Sport Pursuit, which is a flash sales um, sports-related mm-hmm. e-commerce platform. Uh, it's quite fast-growing and venture capital-funded. Worked with those guys for a couple of years and then moved on to it for another sports distributor looking after a couple of their really big e-commerce accounts. And that was a job that I had for, again, about two years. And then finally came back to working with the Newton brand again in the UK um, setting, setting up a, a distribution company called Alchemy NRG. We did that back in 2014. So now I've been back managing the Newton Running brand for about the last two years in the UK. Well, so you're very much, um, your business, Alchemy NRG, is a business which kind of licenses product for a geographical region. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. So there's a number of brands that we have exclusive distribution rights for in the UK. Uh, we wholesale those products to other retailers, both physical and online retailers. Um, but then we do manage online direct sales for the brand as well, either through branded platforms like newtonrunning.co.uk or through another retail site where we have a multi-brand platform, which is called newrunninggear.com. Okay, so I take it all your brands are running brands then, and then you've created your own site where, exactly. where you can sell all of them without having to do the full investment in a solo brand site. Yep, correct. And it works on a number of different levels because 
on the brand site, obviously, we just have those brands for sale. But sometimes consumers want to shop multi-products, so technology with apparel, with footwear, all in one basket. And that's what the newrunninggear.com site allows us to do. Oh, cool. And um, I'm guessing, given you're two years in, you've got a seven-figure turnover, you're quite happy to be in that that style of e-commerce and, uh, and yeah. distribution. Absolutely. I mean, we took over some existing contracts um, and it's a business that I've obviously been in now for about eight or nine years. So we know it quite well. We know the retail partners that we um, work with quite well. We've been dealing with them and supplying with them in various shapes or sizes for the past eight or nine years. Um, We also have an export business as well where we ship some products out of Europe into Asia. So that helps to top up the turnover too. So it's, it's um, for, for those of you listening, this is a very different style of getting into e-commerce. So if you're out there thinking, I'd love to do more e-commerce or start an e-commerce business. And, uh, you know, you listen to my session with, with um, Philip of the, um, the startup podcast earlier in the year and you thought, oh, um, well, I can't, I can't design my own product. What am I going to do? Well, you can go and find someone else's product that's not available in your country and see if you can get the license on it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's never easy to sign a distribution co- a distribution contract for a brand, especially an exclusive one. Obviously, we've got quite a lot of experience, and my business partner as well has um, a couple of decades in in the in the sector, so he knows people quite well. Um, but certainly, if you do manage to get a deal, then it can be relatively good business to be in. Cool. Well, look, let's move on to talk about the e-commerce side of it, side of things now. So um, tell us a bit about Newton Running and your other e-commerce sites as they are right now. I'm, I'm, obviously, you're in the UK. Do you sell e-commerce outside the UK or are you limited in that? So in uh, the UK, we sell products on newrunninggear.com. We occasionally get customers from outside of the UK, but Primarily, the focus is UK-based customers as well because the contracts that we've got and the other supply agreements we have with um, additional brands are all uh, for the UK only. With Newton Running, it's a slightly different arrangement. We distribute the product in the UK, but on the e-commerce platform, we're actually allowed to sell in the UK and Europe. So we have newtonrunning.co.uk and newtonrunning.eu. And the setup there is, like you say, a bit different from a normal arrangement because we try to mirror the US site. So newtonrunning.com in the US is the platform that Newton Running domestically in the United States sell their products direct to consumers through. And in the UK and Europe, we try and have a very similar looking site, but it's obviously tailored for the UK and the European market. So with different payment gateway system, different currencies, uh, some language adaptions, and then fulfillment via a different warehouse that's based in uh, Holland in in um, Europe. Because I'm I'm guessing the reason you you've got to do that is because and having had a look at the Newton Running websites and the products, they're quite heavy on brand and story, aren't they? Exactly. Yeah, that's right. And so we want to make sure that we're delivering the same message to consumers. They're getting the same information about the products, and it's a global and unified story that we're telling. Okay, cool. So um, then the product is obviously, we've we've talked quite a bit about that. So it's running shoes and running gear, basically. Exactly. Both sides. Okay. Um, and what platform are you using to sell? So the Newton running site is built on Magento. And that is, let's say, a legacy decision because the newtonrunning.com site is also built on Magento. Obviously, it's a fairly robust platform, um, works well for 
high order volume processing. And because the US site was built on that platform uh, to copy the code base and to replicate it for the UK and the European URLs, uh, it made sense to continue with Magento. With new running gear and a couple of the other sites that we manage, we actually use Shopify, uh, which we find as a relatively easy to use tool with lots of cool plugins and add-ons um, that can be used by people with less uh, coding experience, maybe, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people like myself who understand tech but um, can't get deep into PHP or uh, CSS coding for the styling and design. So that works really well for our other sites. Okay, cool. And are there any kind of key widgets or plugins you're using on those sites? Yep. So Critique is one that we've actually used across both Magento and um, Shopify platforms. So that's the uh, online review system that allows consumers to um, make a video review of the products they received. Obviously, with relatively niche or specialist products for sports, it's really important to have good customer reviews. And I think that the Critique platform really helps people to let's say, identify similar people to them using the products and get a level of confidence over the review and the product to give them that uh, extra incentive to buy from us. So it's a bit like social proofing. You know, If you see other people who are like you buying or acting in a particular way, you're going to feel confident in doing that. Um, And the Critique app uh, really helps with that um, more so maybe than if we had just hundreds and hundreds of uh, written reviews, which... I know from uh, reading recently some challenges with uh, reviews on Amazon and other sites that people maybe have become a bit skeptical of just uh, written reviews. So Critique's a good one. And then a couple of others that we use are Bold on Shopify. There's a couple of cool um, widgets that those guys uh, have created. So it allows us to do product bundles and automate the returns process, which is really important for us to try and automate as much as possible with the e-commerce platforms, try and stay as hands-free as possible. And then we also do a lot of um, do a lot of promotion via Instagram. So we use a, a plugin called Instapic that allows us to draw in some of the images that we've used on our Instagram channels and put them onto the website uh, for people to view oh cool i want to come back to the uh, we're going to we're going to talk about the automation bit later don't worry that is definitely coming um, but i want to get back back to the critique pip to those video reviews that you're doing um, mm. i know a lot of people out there because i get the question quite often uh, really struggle to get people to leave a text review you know just to write yeah it arrived five stars or yeah. or something that simple so have you found it difficult to get customers to leave a video review because to me that seems like a whole other level of, cha- of you know request on the customer yeah yeah absolutely so we've done a couple of um, promotions should we say to incentivize people to do that so there's uh, competitions that we've run we've seeded some product into the market to get people to do reviews um, and where they've done that obviously it's been uh, fairly explicit they got a free product to test and review um, and then generally speaking we find that people who are doing video reviews are maybe quite engaged and are actually doing some kind of self-promotion is probably not the right word but they're looking to build a profile themselves online and by doing some online video reviews it's helping them with that too so 
as kind of a community that's building around critique and the brands that people are reviewing for. Um, so people have more of a, maybe incentive to do that and to put their reviews online than potentially uh, a text review, which A, maybe is seen as not very important by the person leaving it and B, might be just a bit of hassle for them to do. So you think it's kind of both a bit of incentive and simply the marketplace you're in that people are quite passionate about? Uh, I think so, exactly. Exactly that. Cool. Um, So uh, what does... Oh, yeah, let's talk about this automation piece because, I mean, there's obviously... You're you're managing several different websites, several platforms, several countries, wholesale as well as retail. So... um, how, how do you structure your team? Because you, you've said about getting as much automation in there as possible. How does how does it all work? Who's in the head office? Well, actually, we're a um, remote operation. So there's about five people working full and part-time on the business. And everyone works remotely from home. So we don't have a physical head office. In terms of the automation, things that are absolutely critical for us are daily or live stock feeds so that we're not showing products that are out of stock available on the website. Automatic order processing, so when an order's submitted, no one has to touch that, just go straight through to the warehouse to be dispatched um, and shipped for us. And then tracking notifications being sent by return directly to customers again without any um, physical human touch uh, to get that information back to the customers so really we should only have to intervene when either there's a problem uh, you know tech problem something's broken that we need to fix or when a customer needs to uh, check in on something that they've either not received a lot of time we'll find it's an error which um, an FAQ could solve so we try where possible to have fairly detailed FAQ or an automated exchange or returns program. So there's links on the website and on the emails that customer receives so they know if they want to send a product back or they need to get a refund, what to do. And again, that process we try and automate as much as possible, apart from the final refund that we give to a customer where, for the most part now, we have a human intervening to make the refund. But maybe we'll automate that at some point in the future as well. Okay, cool. So there's... You've definitely outsourced the wholesale. You've outsourced an awful lot of, so not the wholesale, the uh, the warehousing and fulfillment. Yep. Yep. You've clearly tried to outsource as much as possible to the tech. So what are the key roles of those five five people you've actually got in the business? So essentially it's um, marketing, which is both uh, you know social media and then anything we do via third party third-party platforms, mostly online because we do nearly all of our marketing digitally. Um, customer service. Oh, hold on two seconds. What do you what? mean when you refer to third-party platforms in the marketing piece? Are we talking oh, AdWords and Facebook or are we talking um, Amazon? So, sorry, yeah, I guess maybe that's the right terminology, right terminology to use, but maybe we'll be placing adverts on digital magazines mm-hmm. or we'll be doing competitions through sites like Running Heroes um, that will be traffic drivers. So we'll be using their email database or their um, visitors to their site to hopefully um, promote our products to and get them to click through to the websites that we're managing. Cool. So it's that kind of um, hybrid influencer advertising PR yeah, exactly. piece. Exactly. So there's, a, there's a couple of different techniques that we use there. Um, but actually, probably the biggest driver of traffic and sales for us is email. 
Um, so that's an important one for us. So we use social, we use email, and we use these third-party platforms to help drive traffic to the site. So that's quite a big role, the marketing side of things. Um, then we've got customer service, obviously looking after any customers who've got any queries or complaints or returns or refunds that need to be processed. And then there's a back office finance function as well. So again, on the um, back office accounting side of things, um, we use a platform called Zero, which integrates really well with Shopify. Mm-hmm. Um, with Magento, it's not quite as plug and play, but we do generate reports uh, weekly, which we then upload directly into Zero. Uh, which is almost a fully automated process so that we can record all the sales transactions um, and you know, keep record of them for accounting purposes. Okay, cool. And um, the, I guess someone in that team is also working on wholesale orders. Yeah, exactly. So I guess that's the, the five people, that's the other side as well. So man- making sure that we're doing um, wholesale orders to customers. We have a lot of online customers and we also have uh, physical retail stores as well that we sell to quite a few of those have online platforms as well so we try and be really uh, online friendly in terms of the quality of information that we provide to our wholesale customers in terms of uh, web ready images text descriptions all of the necessary SKU information barcodes and things like that so having all of that information in a good format internally for our own online retail also works really well for us being able to um, service our wholesale customers who are using online retail as well. It sounds like you've got quite an enlightened approach to being the product owner as such and both retailing and wholesaling. Because I come across, the reason the reason I say that is because I come across a lot of businesses who have who come from kind of a more traditional background of the licensed product world or they've designed their own product and you know they they feel like they're playing catch up and there's a bit of a war on the online side of things mm. you know this person's listed this product on Amazon it they've listed it badly they're undercutting us or they're undercutting someone else and it seems like they have an awful they spend an awful lot of time dealing with issues whereas it sounds like and and certainly you know they'd be like they would would not yet have got as far as providing the right information to their wholesalers to make it easy for them to sell online. So, you know, what's your, what's your kind of your philosophy around competing with your own customers? So first of all, we are, I guess, view our take on it is that we're not necessarily trying to compete directly with our customers. Um, Obviously, everyone's free to sell at whatever price that they would like to sell at. Uh, We can advise the retail prices, and then our customers can sell at the price that they feel is is right for them to sell at um, to their customer base. What we find is with our wholesale customers, generally speaking, they're selecting a range of products which work well for their customer base and their uh, the traffic that's either coming through their site or coming into their store. Mm-hmm. So as a brand owner, let's say, our offer to consumers is essentially that we'll show the full product range which is on offer. So all of the different products from Newton Running Shoes or any of the brands that we work with alongside each other, all generally at the full retail price um, and gives customers that opportunity to shop all of those products alongside each other to compare them and to decide which is the right product for them. So we find 
Sometimes people prefer to buy from a brand because they can do that and they can see the different options that are available. Sometimes they'll prefer to buy from a retailer where they'll have other products that they'll buy at the same time in the basket or because they're specifically looking for a special discount, which they've received a discount code from that retail partner to use on their purchase that day. So we kind of, by you know, we're not selling commodity products, we're selling fairly specialized uh, niche sports products. And so there's a, there's room for us to sell as a brand direct, as well as for retail partners to sell to consumers as well. I think we're offering just a, ever so slightly different um, uh, as, you know, as a, ever so slightly mm. offering. It's a different, for, different proposition, isn't it? You, you're exactly. the, the yeah. home of the product, that one that yeah. only one person in the UK wants, you've got it. Whereas and the, you know, if, if you've got someone, one of your wholesalers is a women's running brand, they're only going to be buying the women's shoes. Exactly, exactly. And so the other, um, you know, the other thing as well is with our direct brand site, we see a lot of bounce to other retailers. And in fact, sometimes when we've mm. sold out of a particular product, uh, we might list one of our retail partners as a store where they can get that shoe from uh, if we were mm. out of stock in our warehouse. So we're kind of, um, you know, a little bit, uh, indifferent as to where the consumer gets the product from, so long as they're buying our product and not a competitor's product. Um, so I think we, you know, that's the approach we need to take. We don't really need to mind whether they buy directly from us or through one of our retail partners. Um, so long as they are buying our products, then then we're happy. So that's the kind of approach that we like to take because we don't want to be trying to compete directly either on price or some other service level with the customers sorry with the retail partners that we're working with because then you end up in a downward spiral yeah I, I think that's 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 the approach I'm trying to help some people get to so this this podcast may be sent to a few people and if you're listening you know who you are um, but I think it, it's quite hard it's quite a big mind shift um, for people because all of a sudden everything's so visible I think that's that tends yeah, to be the it. most difficult thing everything's visible and um, yeah, yeah you really have to be indifferent about where the customers are, are going to purchase the product from. And it's also true of the advertising that you're doing as well. So, you know, you might be advertising a particular product. If you're just selling direct to consumers, then you want to see that return direct to your website and that purchase be made from you. Um, but if we're supplying wholesale customers, then actually we have to be aware of that or also encourage consumers to maybe go to their retail platforms or into their stores to buy the product when they see the advertising that we place. So the advertising needs to be slightly tailored or carefully um, pitched to make sure we're not trying to drive too much direct traffic to our own websites. It's almost more brand awareness than direct sales. Correct, yeah. Cool. Well, Steve, we've gone through quite a lot of detail there about the business, touched on some really interesting subjects, but I wonder what do you think is the most awesome thing about about your business right now? Well, we have some really cool products, products I'm personally excited about. So um, very passionate about running and the Newton running brand. Also, the new line clothing that we sell and technology product stride that we distribute in the UK too. Um, so having that great collection of products, um, being able to sell them directly through the brand websites or through our uh, own retail platform, New Running Gear, is something that excites me. But the best bit is we have cool new products coming through almost every month next year so we've got a really good solid release plan for next year in terms of new products which means lots of new things to talk about lots of new things to shout about 
And as we continue to try and automate as much as possible with the business, then it means we can really focus on those cool add value items like the promotional marketing side of things where we can definitely get smarter, we can spend more money in the right places, and hopefully that will allow us to continue to drive the revenue line upwards. Excellent. And do you find um, that being passionate about the product is pretty essential to what you do? It's, it's something which I often get into the debate with with people. Do you I, have to be passionate about your product? I don't think you have to be. I think you can be passionate about the process. Um, and so I know other people in the e-commerce business who are passionate about the process and less passionate about the product. But certainly being passionate about the product really helps as well. Um, so I wouldn't say it was a necessity, but it certainly makes makes it easier to pull long days and find solutions to really tricky problems when you're actually passionate about the products you're selling as well as the system that you're doing it under. Okay, cool. And um, I just want to come back to something which you mentioned earlier, um, which is you said most of your sales are coming in via email. I wonder if you had a couple of top tips for our listeners out there for how to go about driving a few more sales from email so email we use we use a couple of different platforms bronto and mailchimp but also have seen um other companies i work for use platforms like silverpop as well they're all quite similar um they all have quite a lot of functionality these days and i think the most important thing really is customization and segmentation of the database that you've got. So we really try to, wherever possible, segment the, the email database into people who are more likely to be interested in the products that we're sending them or the email that, that we're sending them or sending the email at the right time that might work for them, right time of day or right time of week. So it's really about that kind of optimization. So rather than just putting a specific offer or an update in an email and sending out to the whole list that you've got, um, trying really hard to uh, segment it and tailor the emails, whether it's men's product to people who you know are men on the list, women's product to people you know are women on the list, or women's product to people you know on the list that bought women's product, even though they might not be women, vice versa with <laughs> men. So, you know, these things, people can, consumers can indicate their preferences to you either via a, um, questionnaire or some other information but actually the data that you glean from what they do on your website and the products they purchase are probably more important in terms of the segmentation that you do yeah totally agree with you go with the um the the actual actions of the customer are considerably more powerful than what they say they'll do Um, and I, i i like the fact that you you know on the customization and personalization front it's the big ticket things it's not the fact that that person likes a pink shoe with laces um, and you know, it's the fact that that person's female or buys female product because I think a lot yeah. of pe- people get a bit obsessed by the niche that they can get to with the segmentation and forget about the the big picture high return options. Yeah, exactly. And also, I think you know, the emails just need to be relevant to the people that are opening them. So, I'm signed up to hundreds of e-commerce sites and receive thousands of emails. Fortunately, I filter nearly all of them so that I don't get an inbox <laughs> every morning. But I do click through and have a look at what other retailers are doing and other brands are doing. Um, and then the ones that I actually use and I personally shop on, um, it's funny, every now and then you know, I'll unsubscribe from a website that I actually want to get information from, but they keep on sending me really irrelevant offers or updates. Um, so I'm actually turning personally turning off emails um, to sites that I want to get information about because they're not sending me things that are relevant to me. And so I, you know, 
I think that is a I think that's what consumers do generally. So if we're sending them too much information which is irrelevant, then they're just going to turn off to the brand or the email communications that we're sending. I couldn't agree more. And I think it's time we look for a few more top tips by going into the tops tip round now. And I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Steve, first up is the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Uh, so actually, I um, I would recommend on Friday if you had the day off, not to buy a book, but to get onto Audible and listen to audiobooks. And I would suggest that you practice listening at two or three times speed. It sounds really weird to start off with, but after a while you can get used to it. And I did that about 12 months ago. And now I regularly get through about two or three books a week. Um, find it really interesting and still find that all of the information goes through to me if I listen at two times three, two or three times speed. And uh, so I have a whole list of books that I would recommend and could even send a list out of the ones that I've listened to most recently. But my favorite in the last couple of weeks has been The Subtle Art of Not Giving a, and then a four-letter word, which I won't say. <laughs> Thank you. Um, by an author called Mark Manson. Brilliant. Two great tips there. Listen to things on Audible at speed and uh, the subtle art of not giving up um, as well. We'll put, yes. we'll put links to all of that in the show notes. Um, the next one is the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? So we talked already about email list and I definitely think that's the number one traffic driver for us in terms of the direct marketing that we do to consumers. When we work with third-party sites, again, when they send emails out to their consumer base or their customer base, that's when we see the biggest return. Whenever we do competitions, we try and make it so that the competition entry is a subscription or a sign-up to the email list. Sometimes we do co-branded competitions with other brands who are adjacent to ours, not necessarily competing brands, but brands that might be complementary. Um, so we can get a bigger uh, collective audience between us to share uh, the to, to kind of share the um, mm -hmm. signups from, and that works really well as well. But I think sometimes people get sucked into social media and think it's the best way ever to promote their brand and product. But I think doing lots of different things and different channels, but trying to bring everyone back onto that. Um, direct to consumer email list is is really powerful and really important. Excellent, I I love that. I think it's it's so much easier to get the email sign up than it is to get the first sale. And once you've got the email sign up, you can do so much more to get the first sale. I think, exactly, and you can start to get really analytical as well in terms of when people signed up, how long it's taken them to go from sign up to become a customer, and you can work out things like lifetime customer value. Once you know that, you know how much you need to spend to acquire each sign up to your website and how much revenue that's going to drive in the future so it can be really important um i mean the one thing i do find at the smaller end of the e-commerce because i have worked for a big e-commerce retailer um, and obviously analytics for them is really really important and i think sometimes at the lower end uh, you know at the startup phase 
and get too sucked into the really detailed analytics when actually all you need to do is drive some traffic to the website. <laughs> so um, easy to do. <laughs> yeah, so you know, if you've got uh, if you've improved your conversion by 100% but you've only got one customer coming to the site, <laughs> then you know, you really need to focus on getting more people to the site rather than improving the conversion. Very um, true. That's one thing um, we learned at the beginning. Uh, okay, the tool top tip there. Maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Do you know what? It's funny. The app that I use the most, both personally but also for work as well, is WhatsApp. So I have WhatsApp chats, a few different WhatsApp chat channels with uh, everyone in the company, and we just share information on WhatsApp. We could probably use a more... Um, dedicated system like Slack or something like that but actually WhatsApp works really well because we're all using it personally as well and it's just a really easy way to have continuous conversations without having to constantly pick up the phone and call each other which actually I think is quite can be quite disruptive uh, if we keep on making phone calls to each other if we're having WhatsApp chats then uh, we're not necessarily going to disrupt the activity that we're in the middle of and it's kind of this asymmetrical conversation that you can just continue uh, throughout the day sharing information between each other cool and then the startup top tip if you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business what would be your first piece of advice for them i would definitely suggest researching and looking to use shopify as the system behind the e-commerce platform I'd definitely consider Amazon FBA because it just takes a lot of the headaches away from warehousing and shipping product. And then I would introduce them to my cousin who does uh, web design and suggest that uh, he might be a great person for them to pick up with and uh, figure out how their e-commerce site might look. Nice. I like that. Nice practical advice. Okay, well, Master Plan World, you can find the top tips and links to everything else we chatted about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 98. Now, Steve, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your businesses on the web and social media, please? And feel free to include the web address of your cousin. So at newtonrunning.co.uk or .eu for all the Newton Running products that we sell. Uh, for our multi-brand website, it's newrunninggear.com. Both of those should come up, hopefully, fairly high if you Google search them. And then on social media, uh, we are Newton Running Europe on Facebook and New Running Gear, again, on Facebook. Both of those also replicated on Instagram as well. We're really big on Instagram. We spend a lot of time trying to build our following and uh, post some I would say pretty cool pictures on there almost daily. So uh, feel free to follow us on there. I'm sure we'll follow you back. And my cousin is nathanbankhead.co. Lovely. Thank you. Um, I'll add links to all of that and everything else we talked about in today's uh, episode uh, or in the show notes. Lost track of myself there. Uh, Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 98 or just head over to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Steve, thank you so much for being on the show today. Some really great tips from some really random areas of e-commerce there. Who'd have thought we'd be talking about email and distribution strategies and wholesale methods as well as distributed teams on the same show. Um, So thank you very much for being so generous, sharing so much experience with us. Thank you, Chloe. Appreciate that. 
Wow, what a fascinating chat. I am... Um... I think it's it's a type of e-commerce that I come across a fair amount, but which doesn't often get talked about. So I'm really pleased to have had Steve on to talk about how they've become the licensee for various products into the UK in that niche of running and how they're using that both to create the brand website in the case of Newton Running and then to create their own kind of product or sector brand with the new runninggear.com. Um, I also love his his bits and pieces there about email marketing because it's quite right. There's, if you can get those email addresses signed up, then it's going to become an awful lot easier to drive those sales, especially if there's particular crisis points in the gold cash flow where you need some cash in quickly. It's a lot easier to sort that out if you can simply send an email with a very good offer in it. As one of our listeners... I assume you're really enjoying the podcast. So please do share it with your e-commerce and business and marketing friends. Uh, whether you do it online via Twitter, Facebook, WeChat or, you know, whatever else is, is on the go at the minute. Or whether you do it in real world with maybe a letter. How about sending a letter with a nice stamp on it to one of your friends to tell them to listen? Um, or coffee, pint, conference. I really don't mind, but I would love us to get this out to more people because I I know from all your feedback that these are really useful interesting episodes and um, and it would really be great to get that out to more people not least because next week you have to come next back next week to have a listen because I have John Warlow yes the author of The Automatic Customer is going to be on the show yes yes really John Warlow author of The Automatic Customer. And um, it's great to have him on. He's going to be talking about all things subscription. He's also going to be talking about getting your business ready for sale, because of course, that's his other hugely great book called uh, called Built to Sell. And he's going to be answering some of your questions too. So have a great week. Come back next week to listen to the John Warlow interview with all your friends and uh, keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.